welcome to the Break of Dawn Cafe. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. Tell us something about you, Dan. Who's Dan? I am a Leo. I enjoy a good warm cardigan and mm. a nice book. Mm. Um, if I if I can if I can read by a fire on my Netflix player on my TV, I really enjoy you know projecting a fireplace on my in my on my TV. Um, you know, there's there's nothing better than a nice glass of root beer. I wow. That's fantastic. I, those are all very good things. Yes, that that sounded like you're introducing yourself on a video dating service in the 80s. <laughs> my wife is one lucky lady. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Let me tell you how lucky my wife is. Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, I'm Josh, and um, I am too loud and not comfortable enough with myself to do those things. Hmm. Um, so We should brand nerds in the word cardigans. I think that's a great idea. I think that's awesome. Anyway. I digress. I like that. So, nerds in the word podcast. We used to be called uh, geocaching scripture. Not anymore, though. Not anymore. Anyway. Like like Cephas, we've become Peter. <laughs> exactly. We we changed our name um, because because people knew what scripture was, but nobody knew what geocaching, geocaching was at all, at all. Unless I explained it to them, in which case they were gone by the time I was like, "Here's my podcast." <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a question for you, Dan. All right. Um, so, so nerds in the word. Yeah. What part of what nerds in the word means to me is is that we do the deep dives into a shot glass. Mm-hmm. Basically, like we, <laughs> we <laughs> we're like we're like finding like the nerdiest little tiny details of scripture. I mean, if you if you want like devotional reading, you can go get some really good devotion. Mm-hmm. Just go. Like mm-hmm. if you're looking for it here, <laughs> uh, there's plenty of good devotional reading out there, and that's and that's more large truths and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. You want technical theology. Um, then you go over here. There's plenty of that good stuff. Very difficult stuff, as difficult as you want it to be. Dan can tell you. He's very smart. Um, in the middle, if you enjoy a little bit of both of those things. With a um, lot of laughter. And ad hoc devotionalizing and dad jokes. <laughs> and welcome to the Nerds in the Word podcast. I have a question for you, Dan. What's up, Josh? My question today is, have you ever had somebody come out and just... Come out of nowhere and start talking to you. Yes, and then follow up, like maybe say just the right thing you needed to hear. Oh, um, I don't think I've ever had that happen. You to haven't me. had that. Okay, no. I, usually, what I have happened to me is people come up out of nowhere and start talking to me. Usually, at a church function of some sort, mm. and then as I try to back up, they begin to back me into a corner to where I can't get out. Anyway, we have very different experiences. <laughs> Dan is actively in ministry, and I'm not, <laughs> um, as you can tell. Um, this kind of thing happens, and like I, I think of one a number of years ago. Um, my family, we were going through uh, just very, very, very difficult time. Um, just really a lot of things happening at once. You know the kind of tragedy that comes with friends. Mm. <laughs> like, here are my plus ones. Um, and it was just very, very difficult, and... I had this acquaintance who was like a friend of a friend of a wife's friend Hmm. um, who we, you know, had exchanged numbers corner sort of as a pleasantry and, uh, and was like, yeah, we're going to hang out sometime. Yeah, we're not going to do that. But, you know, neither of us are thinking we're going to do that. But, um, and he had, he had some mental illness, some life difficulty, a lot of things that, you know, were challenging in his own life. And I remember late one night in the middle of all that, 
he texted me for the first time, and I hadn't talked to him in months. He texted me for the first time, how you doing? Whoa. And it was just this, like, crazy, like, whoa, okay, walking, like, appearing out of the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of that's kind of what I want to talk about. I want to yeah. talk about Melchizedek. What? You know? Melchizedek. Who? Melchizedek. Wow. All, all right. We all know Melchizedek, you know. Uh, another lesson about Melchizedek. <laughs> <laughs> All those VBS-themed weekends, Melchizedek weekends, you know. Um, so I want to read for you. Genesis 14. Genesis 14? Verses 18 through 20. Okay. Um, Dan has this memorized. I have to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God most high. And blessed him and said to him, Blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God, Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Dude. Yes. And so I think I speak for all of us when I say, what? What? Um, But don't worry. Don't worry. Later in the book, it gets clarified in Hebrews 7. (laughs) Hebrews 7, verse 15. This becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest not on the basis of legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but on the power of an indestructible life. For it is witness of him, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For on the one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of weakness and uselessness, for the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. So... Obviously, anyway, it's just so it's so clear. Josh. That clears it. It's up. so clear. That clears it up. Yeah, I mean, it was a little ambiguous. I but... just love how unclear passages of scripture clarify. Yes. And anyway, yes, yes. And so, fortunately, Paul apparently came to clear that up for us in Hebrew. Oh, geez. Um, and that's a whole other discussion. Is that nobody knows who wrote Hebrews? Yeah, don't you? Who dare. to? Don't you? Dare. Anything else? And and Paul is is a is a knee jerk answer. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason you can tell Paul didn't write Hebrews. Is that nowhere in there he says, hey, this is Paul, I'm writing Hebrews. <laughs> Which is what he says in every one of his books. Look at me, I'm Paul, I'm writing something. So, Melchizedek. Um, Melchizedek is an absolutely mysterious character. Mm-hmm. He shows up he, almost out of, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Abram, at the time, is Abram, and mm-hmm. he is really the only one who's encountered Yahweh. Mm-hmm. As far as we know, in the story of, of Israel, and really in the story of all of Earth, mm-hmm. Yahweh in that way, and then for some reason, he's walking through the desert, and Melchizedek comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. with a lunch and says, hey, hey, what's up? What's up? You worship this guy. So do I. Take her easy. <laughs> well, I mean, so like, what, what, what city does he come from? I think maybe that's a good place to begin. Well, and that's the question, right? And it, he says, it says he's the king of Salem. Salem, yes. Yes. And and what does that mean? Well, I mean, so it's shalom is peace in Hebrew. But, I mean, there is there is speculation. I think it's decent speculation that uh, Salem is what will become Jebus, is what will become Jerusalem. Jebus. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so uh, Melchizedek is a forerunner of a priest in Jerusalem. And now we, we only know from the Bible that, uh, Ab- uh, that you know, the, the, the covenant God reaches out to Abraham, but that doesn't mean that that's the only person that he reaches out, God reaches mm-hmm. out to. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible is true, but it's not exhaustive. Mm-hmm. And so it's highly likely that God's reached out to other people, and we know one of them apparently because... 
Abraham is honoring Melchizedek and uh, the, the, the blessing that he gives him. And so blessed be Abram, God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. That's very clearly a, a indicator to Abraham that we worship the same God. Mm. Now, how that's possible, I don't know, God's creative. I think it's been pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here we have a, a forerunner of a priest of a temple in Jerusalem. And that just is interesting. And mm-hmm. the, the Genesis doesn't try to clear it up for us. It just kind of tosses that out there and then leaves it kind of like reverberate throughout Scripture. And so it's like throwing mm-hmm. a, a rock into a, a placid lake. Mm-hmm. Like the rock disappears. So Gen- Genesis 14 disappears, but the reverberations just kind of go and go and go. And as it hits other objects in the water, it bounces all over the place. And you have to and think about what's a few what's thousand years on. later... Uh, David or someone picks it up in Psalm 110. Oh man, and that's and an important impo- that's such an important yeah. psalm for the early church. Yes, so. absolutely. And it and, and the connection being in Psalm 110 that, you know, it's the Lord spoke to my Lord, mm-hmm. wait here till I make the your enemies a footstool for your feet. Yeah. And then he he says in that in that passage, you are a king mm-hmm. and then later you are a priest. In the order of Melchizedek. In the order of Melchizedek, exactly. And this connection between king and priest is yeah. not something that happened because kings came from this tribe and priests came from this tribe. Oh, that's interesting. Right, right. Interesting, so you had priests came from Levi, yeah. kings came from Judah. Yeah. And then Jesus comes from Judah, mm-hmm. um, and but he's the, the next priest king. Mm. There was no such thing as a priest king mm. in, in, in the lineage. Mm. And so when he connected those things again, mm. it was a priest king where his kingliness and his priestliness <laughs> are those words but his kingliness and his priestliness were connected because sure. because he was the king of the kingdom of god mm-hmm. and it so it was a intrinsically theological hmm. royalty yeah um and and that is why jesus is connected to the order of melchizedek which is outside far outside the order of levi the order of Judah, this particular. Yeah, and so who, whoever wrote Hebrews is cl- saying that because Melchizedek has no ordination from anyone, no beginning point, and because he just kind of reverberates off, we don't really know what happens to him. He has no ending point. Therefore, whatever priesthood he was a part of seems to be eternal. And what the author of Hebrews then is saying is that that's the same priesthood that Jesus has. It is an eternal priesthood because the covenant that he ministers to or the God through which he ministers or the God that he ministers to is an eternal God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and and then the unfortunate reading of that has come down that Melchizedek was an eternal being of some kind that or he was. Oh, yeah. There's all sorts of uh, like Second Temple Jewish. Uh, speculation yeah. about exactly who Melchizedek is. There was is. a whole cult of Melchizedek mm-hmm. at the time, and, and Melchizedek would be the Messiah. There was this whole yeah. connection, all that going on. Well, in the just think about this. So, like the, the same instinct that happened in the early <clears throat> church to venerate certain saints also was the same instinct in early Jewish uh, in, in like first in the first century. Um, like uh, Torah observant Jews began to venerate certain characters in Scripture and. And again, they wouldn't worship them. They would never worship them. That's that's very clear. But they would give them high honors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Melchizedek was one of these 
one of these characters within Second Temple Judaism that had extraordinarily high honor. Um, and so by um, connecting Jesus to Melchizedek, but then even vaulting him over Melchizedek. Mm -hmm. I mean, the author of Hebrews is saying something very important, I think. So about the, the nature and identity of Jesus. Right, right. And I think, and I think to us, the, the idea being that this story is bigger than you. <laughs> yeah. Um, this story is is epic and strange in mm. its dimensions, mm. um, and this is not just, and that's and that's kind of a, a big part of the energy of Hebrews is mm. connecting. Like, okay, Jesus was very Jewish, strong Hebrew eyebrows. You know, like he was from <laughs> he he spoke with a hit Galilean accent. Yeah. He 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 was very much that, but then he's very much. In him, all things hold together. Mm. A priest from the order of Melchizedek. What the heck? Yeah. All this weird stuff at the same time, mm. and where there's this like he is king of the Jews. He is king of the universe. Mm. He is king of my life, my comforter, my best mm. friend, my <laughs> devotional guy, and also somehow holds DNA together. Yeah. And so all these energies at the same time, and you come in with this strange stuff, like Melchizedek. Mm. And then at the same time, you come in with this, the great comfort mm. that makes sense to every human being mm. because of our, our lostness and our humanness. Mm. Um, and so when I was in college, I had a cat named Melchizedek. You did I not. just thought, I, I feel like it, I need to give him a shout out. Um, yeah, yeah. We went through a bunch of different names and then we were like, Melchizedek. And that's like, that yeah, stuck. Melchizedek. Yeah, and I found out in college that um, if you have a cat and they have a litter box, you should clean it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, because apparently people would come over to our apartment and then not return <laughs> because, <laughs> because sort of the, the Shekinah glory of Melchizedek <laughs> had, possessed, had possessed the apartment. So anyway, he got hit by a car. Uh, oh. Um, yes, yes, yes. Man. But I have a feeling like he has joined Melchizedek himself in the resurrection. Hmm. Um, do all cats it, go to heaven, Josh? Do all cats go to heaven? That's a question for another podcast. That is a question for another podcast already. Well, I think one of the things that you look at here, too, is that uh, Melchizedek is, um, and you would know the language better than me, but mm. the Hebrew, uh, at one point the author of Hebrews breaks it down. Mm. Um, the name means king of righteousness, mm -hmm. and then he says he's the king of Salem. Mm -hmm. So he's the king of peace, mm -hmm. and he's the king of righteousness and peace at the same time. Mm. And that's another one of those tensions in Jesus where it's like truth and love mm. at the same time, mercy and love at the mm. same time. So what we have in in our a lot of our society, cultural conversation right now is absolute radical acceptance with no standards mm. being like the standard mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and, and not referring to the health of the person yeah. or their lifestyle or anything else. Um, and... That's almost you know off off one end you mm. know but then you had you had certainly middle ages and fundamentalist atmospheres and other places where there was absolute righteousness absolute standard mm. with absolute with no mercy yeah and like how do you mix these two things together you know um, and Hebrews five gets into that mm. you know where it basically says um, the priest was on behalf of the people did things on behalf of the people. But he could identify with the people because he had to give sacrifices for his own sins. That's it. Because of his own weaknesses and his own his own falling down. Mm. And then Jesus comes in, and in that context, it says that Jesus never sinned, 
But he did live in weakness, hmm. and he lived in our weakness, hmm. and he lived in our helplessness. Hmm. And so we have a high priest who can identify with us hmm. because he came, he, he experienced what we experienced. Yeah. Um, and in a way, never experienced the, the pleasure of sin or whatever you want to call it. But he did experience the fallout of sin. Yeah. Um, and finally, completely, fully experienced that. Yeah. Pax Humana. Cheers. Cheers.